and it's flush. Short tip back in. Weaver got it. Yes. Team to shoot. Pull back. Step back. Three. Bottom. The handoff. Jones for the tie. Oh, he's down. And one. He's still loose. Doherty the heave. Oh, my God. She comes down the left side. She'll stop, scoop it for Evans. Evans will pump up a three! And there's your ball game as Evans is mobbed on the floor! What a way to tip off the 2023-24 season. As you saw, that was Nadia Evans, GCU guard, putting the final stamp on a 20-point comeback for the Lopes in their season opener against St. Mary's. Oh, my goodness. What a night. It was an awesome night. I mean, it's technically it started off in the early morning hours of Monday with the SFA women's basketball team tipping it off. My tweets went viral. Uh, it wasn't 188 to 46. It was 118 to 46. Uh, but Sicko's commi- uh, committee got to it, and it went viral. Uh, I guess I'll call it viral. But either way, what a great night. Great opportunity for the WAC. Um, the SFA men and women both swept their wins at home at the sawmill on, I believe it was elementary school day, so they had a bigger crowd than normal. They played non D1 opponents, so we won't focus too much on it. But it was awesome that Leonard Bishop got his first win as head coach at SFA. Congrats on that. Let's get into a few other games. Uh, we had, like I said, we had first tier head coaches getting wins. There were four of them in the WAC, um, four of five that got wins. The other one had a heartbreak in the final tenth of a second, I guess you could say. Um, you know, my tweet went went viral. My tweet about the final score of the SFA women's basketball game. Uh, pretty crazy how quickly that ballooned out. Um, then we had the buzzer beater that you just saw. Nadia Evans knocking it down 55-52 for the GCU women's basketball team to open up a doubleheader at GCU Arena last night. And then we had a couple of big wins. And big wins in terms of one was a huge upset, double-digit upset. The other one was a first-year head coach taking over a program that had been in a struggle for the last couple of years and getting a big win in a high, one of the best games, according to Ken Palm, of the night um, at College Park Center in Arlington. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, first, let's talk about the coaches, the first-year head coaches that got wins. Todd Phillips of Utah Valley, Leonard Bishop with the SFA women, Bill Brock with Tarleton women, and... KT Turner at UT Arlington. Like, it's just, it's great to see these first-year head coaches, <coughs> excuse me, have these wins, right? Uh, three of the four played non-Division one teams, so that's kind of expected to get the wins. The other one, I'm going to show you a clip of the celebration following his first win as a head coach and what he has to say in the locker room. Take a look. Oh, Ton of mistakes. I don't really pray. We gotta get better. Yep. 
That's you gotta get better, fellas. But I'm telling y'all, toughness wins games. Like y'all, yeah. y'all don't believe me? Believe me now, baby. Yes, yes. 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 You love to see it. You love to see the celebration that they needed to trust KT Turner. They did. Got the 75-71 win over Oral Roberts at College Park Center. One of the best crowds, according to everybody that was there, that they've had in a long time. So pretty exciting stuff happened at UT Arlington. Kind of a side note, Dejuan Gordon, who was at New Mexico State last year, transferred to UT Arlington. He had 24 points in his UT Arlington debut back in the whack. Big time things. They get UT Tyler on Saturday. Yours truly will be at College Park Center to be to watch them. It's homecoming week for the math. So excited about that. Congratulations, KT, on your first win as a head coach. And there are plenty more to come. One thing I did learn about the Mavs last night is they have a fan. And as some of you know, New Mexico State had some fans that like the Aggies would never lose ever. They were the best, the greatest area. And don't get me wrong. The Aggies were great. They, they, they dominated the whack for so long, but this guy comes out of the woodworks. I, I don't even want to pull the receipt, but I'm, I'm going to mention it here. He comes out of the woodworks. Get ready to post about UTA wins, and UTA is gonna is the only good team in the whack. And I could go back; like it was wild. It, it just reminded me of some New Mexico State fans that were constantly like that. Uh, so we'll see if it keeps going. But uh, it's good to see that we got fan bases tweeting in, checking in on Twitter, and following us on social media. If and like I said, if you're not, please follow us on social media: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or X. And subscribe, like, and subscribe on the YouTube channel so you don't miss any episodes of Straight Out Whack Podcast and these live recaps of nightly games. for the In the non-conference slate, we're going to have some nightly games. Let's jump over to the GCU men. I'm going to show you some clips of a player that I have been told is going to be special on the whack. We know that he kind of took a backseat in the offseason behind Ray Harrison, who is the preseason player of the year. But I'm going to show you a player that you need, that I think we all need to keep an eye on, uh, some highlights from him. Here we go. I guarantee you they ain't coming back a second time for some of that. Tyon Grant Foster. Oh, my goodness. Tyon Grant Foster, baseline drive with a kiss off the window. Making it look easy. Turnover. Pushed up. Stacker. Stopped there. Tyon Grant Foster. Oh my goodness. Welcome back to college basketball. Foster loose. Ball on the floor. Harrison quickly. Tyon Grant Foster. No doubt about it. Trying to get buckets early. Tyon Grant Foster. Oh, sweet turnaround. He's taken off right where he left. Tyon Grant Foster. Remember that name. I think a lot of people have already mentioned it. I'm going to mention it again. He had 30 points last night against Southeast Missouri State. Uh, just unbelievable. Like, and he didn't, he did it in 25 minutes. 
That's how efficient he was. He was 10 of 15 from the field, 8 of 11 from the free throw line. Like, you add this guy to Ray Harrison. Ray Harrison had three points last night, and GCU won by 21. Now, granted, Southeast Missouri State, not very good. We get that, even though they went to the NCAA tournament last year. But still, they won by 21 points with Ray Harrison scoring three points. Oh, did I mention Gabe McLaughlin only had five points? It was the Ty and Grant Foster and Duke Brennan show. They combined for 42 points. Isaiah Shaw had double digits off the bench. He had 13 points, but still, like, that is a crazy stat. Ty and Grant Foster with his length, with his athleticism, with his ability to knock down shots. He's played at DePaul in Kansas. He was injured last year, sat out the entire season, back from injury, feel good story, uh, big time in his GCU debut as the Lopes are 1-0. I told you in the WAC wager episode that this would be a no-sweat bet for people to take the Lopes minus 16 and a half. They're at home, playing in front of the Havocs, and they have had a target on their back, high preseason, so forth. They wanted to show that they can do that, and they did it, um, and they can handle that pressure and hype. So GCU with a 21-point win with Ray Harrison, the WAC preseason player of the year, only scoring three points. Although Ray did have five assists and five rebounds. So just one of those things that now we see potentially that GCU has more than just Ray Harrison or more than just Gabe McGlough. They have a lot of weapons. That's going to be interesting to see going forward what they do. Let's talk about this Tarleton game. Um. That's it. That's all we're going to say about it. Uh, no offense to the Tarleton fans or the Texans. I don't think any of us were expecting a 30-point blowout by Virginia. But I don't think we saw Virginia shooting almost 60% for the game. Um, I don't think we saw the Texans struggling that much defensively. But when you really only have a couple of key pieces in Ja'Cory Smith and Lou Williams back, and you got to integrate some new faces, some young faces. Uh, some youth. Uh, hopefully this isn't a trend for the Texans, but they don't lose by 30 often at all, if at all. They're usually in ball games, even against power conference teams. There's going to be a lot of work to do in Stephenville over the next couple of weeks. I just, uh, yeah. I mean, it, maybe I misread Virginia. Maybe I ris- misread what Tony Bennett's done in the offseason. Just didn't see the Texans getting blown out by 30. Maybe you did. I don't think you did, but hey, that is what it is, right? 80 to 50 was the final that score. Ooh, yeah, just a little shocking at that outcome. Let's get to maybe the biggest win, second biggest win, biggest win. They're comparable, UT Arlington uh, with its big win. In one of the most, the best games, according to Ken Palmer, of the, of the night, of opening night. But on the flip side of this, um, I've been looking at the wrong camera, guys. I am sorry. I, I need to look at my regular camera. But uh, anyways, so ACU goes into Oklahoma State. Brett Tanner, veteran club. Group of guys that have been with him forever. Talent, athleticism, just a just a maybe a huge chip on their shoulders, right? 
I told people on the whack wager episode, and I can even pull up the clip that I said. Um, I will pull that up right now. Actually, let's pull. Now nah, we won't pull it up. But to take the points, I thought they were going to go over. Offense wasn't there at you know Gallagher Iba Arena. But I told them plus ten and a half. And if you're going to sprinkle some, sprinkle on the money line. ACU led for 37 minutes of that ball game. They led the entire game almost. They were up by 15, 16. I think their biggest lead got up to, uh, let's see here. Their biggest lead got up to 18 in the second half. Four turnovers in the last 30 seconds doesn't help the final score. But this game wasn't as close as the final score indicates. Like, ACU was dominant all night defensively. They were locked down. They didn't force 20 turnovers. They actually only forced 13, and they committed committed 15, like I said, four of those in the last 30 seconds trying to get the ball in bounds. But these two guys, I'll show you one clip first. Arian Simmons going up for the layup, and he finishes in with in between two cow pokes, right? And then you got Ali Dibba later on in a like a – Release play with a two-handed dunk off the inbounds play. Like, these two guys led the way. Hunter Jack Madden was also in double figures. This is a veteran squad that it shouldn't surprise anybody that they went into Oklahoma State and got the win. Here is a celebration from the ACU locker room afterwards. You know what's so awesome about that is last year we had a team in the WAC, Sam Houston. They went into Big 12 territory, went to OU. Lamar Wilkerson, from the sideline, I still have Carlos Zimmerman's call on my head. Bam, knocks down a three, Bearcats win, pull off the upset. Another WAC team goes into Big 12 country this year. They don't need any heroics this time. They just need to hit free throws, take care of the basketball at the end, and they get a big win over a Big 12 team. I don't think any Big 12 teams are going to schedule WAC teams anymore. Plain and simple, why would they? They know that the WAC t- a WAC team can beat them. Like, it's awesome. You got to love it. You got to love it. And here's the icing on the cake. That's cliche for this, this, little, this little nugget. It is Brett Tanner's birthday today, so... He gets to celebrate a big win. Now he gets to celebrate with some cake and ice cream. Happy birthday, Brett Tanner. Uh, Good way to celebrate your birthday, man. Good way to celebrate your birthday. So just keep an eye on ACU, though. Like I said, veteran squad. Lots of guys back. Manny Allen is their leading scorer last year. Ali Ali Diba, please remember that name. I'm going to tell you every time we have a segment where we talk about ACU, remember his name. He's going to be one of the best players in the whack this year. Arian Simmons is Arian Simmons, plays with a massive chip on his shoulder. You love his physicality, his energy, and his attitude. Like, it, it, you got to play with attitude when you're not, when you're playing against guys that are bigger than you. Like, plain and simple. Hunter Jack Madden, KV McLean, man, like, I really like this ACU squad. I think we picked them fourth in our preseason poll. Keep an eye on them. Veteran squad, veteran squad, for sure. 
So I was driving home from the UCCU Center last night after the Utah Valley women beat Weber State 56-55. Dramatic win for Dan Nielsen's crew. You know, they were behind the entire game, got a stop, got a couple of stops, back-to-back stops late in the game uh, to finally pull away. They were at 56-52. Weber State hit a late three to make it a one-point game. So um, good win for Utah Valley to start off, especially after the struggles last season. They're healthy. They played a lot of players last night, and that's that's good to see. It's good to see Dan Nielsen have a deep bench. He hasn't had that in a while, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what they have going forward. They're off for a week before they go over to BYU on November 14th. But I'm driving home. I pull on my phone, and during the UVU game, I was paying attention to Southern Utah. They were trailing most of the game. They were down by double digits at one point, then it was nine. Then it went back to double digits. Then it was eight. Like, it was just up and down. They never got within that, like, four or five range. And as I'm getting into my car, as I was sitting in my car, starting it up, and I checked the score, it's 72-71 with, like, a minute left. Uh, Where did they come from? Southern Utah, like, all of a sudden, just 72-71. There it was. They were leading. CSU Bakersfield. Had the ball, I I believe it was with about 20 seconds. Let me look it up here, play-by-play. But they had the ball late. So it it became 72-71 on a three-pointer by Dominique Ford with 27 seconds left. Okay? CSU Bakersfield has the ball. Missed layup, boom. Southern Utah can't corral the rebound. So... Bakersfield gets another chance with less than a with about 0.8 seconds left. A ticky tack foul. Well, we'll call it a ticky tack foul. It might have been a foul. It might not have been. I'm not an official at the college level, so I won't, you know, make that judgment. Parsifal gets called for the foul. CSU Bakersfield gets two free throws. Caleb Higgins with 0.8 seconds left knocks down both free throws. 73-72. Roadrunners walk away with the win. Rob Jeter in his first year at Southern Utah, I mean, to go into a place like CSU Bakersfield, nobody likes to play in that blue court. It's a home court advantage for the Roadrunners, let's be real, at the Icardo Center. But, man, like, to be in that ball game, to make the run that they did to get back in the ball game, I mean, with, where is it at? It was a 11-point game. 11-point lead for CSU Bakersfield with eight minutes left to play. Southern Utah had it within their grasp. They just couldn't. I don't want to even say what they couldn't hit a shot. They did. They got to lead. They just couldn't corral that one rebound they needed to walk away, maybe hit some free throws and win the ball game. Either way, good showing by the Thunderbirds. Didn't think they'd score 72 at CSU Bakersfield. Not even a chance. But Brayden Housley, that dude's a that dude's a baller. Okay. This red shirt freshman from Lehigh, Utah, 6'4 guard, had a team high 22 points last night. Parsa followed the other returner, one of the other, one of the other three returners, along with Housley and Zion Young, had 19 points. They didn't get the third scoring option from Prophet Johnson like they would have thought. Just a rough night, one of ten from the field. Zion Young was two of thirteen from the field. So two guys that are probably going to light it up at times. Didn't last night, but I think 
I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see going forward. They play a non D one on Friday, so we'll see what happens. They're going to win that game easily at the America first event center in Cedar city, but Southern Utah showing some, some life here, maybe surprising people with the ability to score points. They didn't shoot it all that well. I mean, they shot 34% for the game. They're going to shoot better. CSU Bakersfield is a good defensive team, so they're going to shoot better. But either way, heartbreak for Rob Jeter. He would have made it a five-for-five night for first-year head coaches in their wins. Unfortunate that they couldn't get it done. But good showing at CSU Bakersfield. Again, on whack wager, I told you, take Southern Utah plus the points and take the over. But, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to whack hoops. I don't know what I'm, you know, what's going on with it. Uh, let's talk about some other things. Uh, a lot of non-D1 games. Um, every team won. Probably the closest one was Utah Valley and Carroll College. Uh, Todd Phillips was happy to kind of get that game out of the way because he sees that there's a lot of things they may have to work on before they go to Sam Houston on Thursday where I will be at, jeez, uh, Johnson Coliseum there in Huntsville. Excuse me. So um, Drake Allen, Tanner Toulson, big nights from both of them. But they're going to have to find a third scorer because one of those guys is going to have an off night. And if they do, it may be a long night for the Wolverines at times. So we'll see what happens there. CBU women went to UC San Diego. Grace Schmidt, 19 points in a in a 14-point win for the Lady – I don't want to say Lady Lancers. Jared Olson told me not to say that. But for the Lancers over the Tritons, um, you know, Brianna Gillen, the WAC preseason player of the year on the women's side, almost had a triple-double. JD, if you're watching this or if you do watch this, you should have left her in the game and said, go get two rebounds. I believe it was rebounds. Two assists, maybe. Two assists. But maybe we could blame her teammates for not knocking down a shot when they had a chance to give her. I don't know. Either way, we have a good time with it. Uh, there are. There's only one game tonight. Uh UTRGV women are at Texas Tech. Uh, interesting game for Lane Lord to open the season. So we'll see what they do. Hopefully, Ayanna Dorsey is healthy enough to play. She didn't play in their exhibition this past weekend. So um, they're going to need her scoring. UTRGV men, they got over 100 points in their win over Southwestern Adventist. It was just one of those nights. The WAC was really good. Four and one in the, in the, in the Division I games. Um, it just, I should say, excuse me, three and two with the Tarleton. I keep forgetting about the Tarleton. I want to forget about that Tarleton game because I, they shouldn't have lost by 30 points. They're better than that. I don't think Virginia is that good. That's why they're not ranked like they normally are. So, uh, man, it's just one of those things. So I'm, I'm forgetting about that, but three and two Southern Utah loses in heartbreak, but very, a nice sweep at GC Arena. The Havocs had fun there. Um, UT Arlington, big-time win to start off the KT Turner era. And ACU getting that potential quad one win down the road. I don't know what Oklahoma State will do the rest of the season, but being a Big 12 team on the road, if we had the WAC resume seeding system out right now, ACU would be the one seed, obviously, because of that road win over a Big 12 team. Anyways, everybody, just remember, Subscribe to the Whack Hoops Nation YouTube channel. You know, go follow us on Instagram or Twitter or X or whatever. Share with your friends. Go to our Substack page. I'll put the link in the description. 
subscribe there. We're going to have a newsletter Tuesday, Thursday, and Sundays, uh, just kind of recapping things, talking about news around the whack and so forth. We love the interactions. Share your comments. Like this stuff. Share it with your friends and your fellow fans. We'll bring in all these things. We're going to have a live recap almost daily throughout the non-conference season. You know, maybe short, maybe quick, depending on how many games there are. But the other thing I want you to know, we're not going to focus too much on the non-division one games. No offense to the teams that play those. Because, honestly, we don't get much out of those. If they lose, everybody's all up in arms about it, overreacting. If they win, we're all up in arms about who did what and overreacting. It's not worth it. We'll focus on the Division One games. Anyways, guys, have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, and we'll see you on the next episode of Straight Out Whack Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Straight Out of Whack podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Whack Hoops Digest and Facebook under Whack Hoops Digest for all your Whack Hoops news and information. <laughs>